For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeff C. And I'm Grace Duffy. And we are excited to be joined today by Dana Mulstaff, and we're going to explore new Facebook group management and conversion to conversation tools. And if you don't know Dana, Dana Malstaff is the CEO and founder of Boss Mom, an international brand and movement that launched back in 2015 with her first book, Boss Mom, The Ultimate Guide to Raising a Business and Nurturing Your Family Like a Pro. She has over 30,000 students in various courses and an organically grown Facebook group of over 50K that helps women all over the world build engaged communities, position themselves as authorities in their space and impact the world. You can listen to her on the Boss Mom podcast and learn from her in the Nurture to Convert Society membership. Dana, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super pumped to be here. Yeah, so Grace. We have a lot of news. Yeah. A lot of news this week. Exciting stuff for Facebook. So let's jump right in. Yeah. So Facebook added a bunch of new group admin tools to help manage groups more efficiently. And they also added new ways to engage your community. So I'm going to go through each of these things one by one with Dana here in a minute, but I wanted to go through and tell you exactly what they are. So the first one was admin assist, which helps admins set rules and moderate the posts within their group. For example, you know, it helps you decline posts with certain keywords or people that haven't been very nice in your group. Number two is the ability to organize content based around a hazard Hashtag. Now, we've all seen pinned posts at the top of groups. Now, there's an option, apparently, to pin a hashtag. So want to know more about that because that sounds bananas to me. <laughs> and then the third thing is the branded content. So this is the ability to integrate brands collabs manager within your group, which gives group admins the opportunity to work directly with brands to market to the people in their groups. They also added some new chat features. This includes conversation prompts, a new Q&A type post, and then also customized profiles for groups. So I am Really excited about some of these, but let's get started with these conversation tools. Now, these conversation prompts, they're saying that this is a new feature to help spark discussions. I kind of feel like we already have that with posts and comments in groups. So they're saying that this is a new type of collaborative post. Can you tell us what this looks like? From the description, it said there's a topic and you can swipe a little bit like a carousel, but I haven't seen them. Have you? Uh, no, so most most people don't have them yet. Uh, okay. They'll be rolling them out in the next couple of couple of months. For everybody who has a group that is business oriented, right? So if we're a bunch of cyclists and we just want to be a bunch of cyclists talking about cyclist things, uh, that's one thing. But if you are running a group from as part of your business, right, and it's a free, um, not public but private group, there's a lot of features that they're starting to do for public groups. But I never recommend a business as a public group because you have no moderation, mm. like not not moderation. But you have no, you know, you're just letting people in, so it's a it's a different function. But yeah, there's some cool 
potential to it. I'm more excited about the Q and a for admins than I am about the prompts, the prompts to me, uh, what it looks like Facebook is doing is it looks like it's trying to pull in more Instagram features into Facebook. So basically what it would be is it's just like when anybody else would post a picture underneath the picture or underneath the post, you say, share me a picture of your kids and everybody posts the picture. But instead you'd be able to swipe or click through what those pictures are in the post as if the post became each time someone adds a picture, it gets added into that flow. So it is more visually appealing. Here's the challenge for people with businesses. I am very leery. And when we teach about how to start your Facebook group, we tell people don't allow people to post prompts. Like mm-hmm. you as an admin are the one that gets to post prompts. You get to decide the really generalized, you know, uh, what are you, what are your goals this year? What, what would you do with a thousand dollars? What, you know, if you were starting a business now, like if you could have A, B and C, what would it be? You know, those kinds of things, the really generalized prompts share a thing. We tell you not to have your members do that because what it does is it's, it gets a lot of engagement and that sounds good, but then you have uh, leadership struggles. You have the 10% of people that come in that want to pretend their your group is their group and they start coaching, they start doing this. So you got to be careful about mm. what kind of prompts you allow people to have. So just like a lot of the things that Facebook does, they're doing it because a lot of their Facebook groups are not business owners running Facebook groups. The majority of Facebook groups are people collectively getting together to talk about knitting right? Or to talk about cycling. So I don't know that what they're creating is actually as helpful in some ways. Like it might, we may be, we may find just like when they were breaking things down into like they're bringing back the chat function. And I, I wouldn't recommend that you let people use that if uh, hopefully they allow us to turn it off because it's hard enough to manage the group as a whole, let alone to manage subgroups of your group. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned really quickly about these Q&A sessions. So let's talk about that. So they're saying that admins can host text-based question and answer sessions that are easy for the community, excuse me, to participate in. So how is this structured differently than one of those regular posts where you just put a question and then people answer? How does this? So I'm excited about this one. Think about Instagram stories that you people have the question in in Instagram story and then you get to show it where it shows the question on top and you answer it on bottom. So this is already an Insta story uh, feature that people use when they're using Instagram constantly. They're rolling it into Facebook. So that's why I'm saying like, if you want to see what it looks like, you'd go over to somebody's Insta story where they have a Q and a day, you ask the question, they answer it underneath. So the cool part, I'm actually pretty excited about this because they're just rolling it out to admin. So I was nervous they were going to roll it out to everybody, then all of a sudden you have people in your group that's like, hey, I'm a so-and-so, ask me anything. They're like, no, 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 this isn't your group. This is your group. You have to be careful about when you want to facilitate a really great group, but you also want to be the leader in the group. So you want to facilitate great conversations, but if you've got you know a ton of people vying to be the leader in the group, that can be a problem. So I'm glad they're only rolling it out to the admin side. But I mm-hmm. am excited because you basically have it where you say, let's talk about Facebook groups today they post the question and you can answer it. And it almost becomes that carousel again, where it show visually shows the question visually shows your answer and they can scroll through question and answers. So I think one of the benefits is right now, if you post that question first and I, you know, and I'm answering it in the comments after a certain number of comments, it gets rolled up and then it gets rolled up. So I think what'll end up happening. And I don't know because I just looked and one of our top posts, now this wouldn't be how the Q and a would work necessarily, but like, 
our top post in our group right now has almost 900 comments on it. Wow. Right. Wow. If you have, uh, you know, all the way down to like the top ones, the, the, the lowest of the top ones had like 250. Every time I post, you know, something where we're allowing people to share different things that might be one of those prompts that I would share as an admin, um, we get hundreds of comments. So I don't know that the carousel is going to work in the same way for people. But I do think the Q and a of a topic, if you're getting 10 or 20 people and you can easily visually scroll through, I just, I really think what they did is said, Oh, Instagram and stories works really well in this space. Maybe we can roll some of those functions over and see if they work in groups with maybe not having to like recode the world. That's my, that's my thought. Recoding the world, yeah. And the thing about Instagram is yeah, that format works because you're limited to 10, <laughs> like, you know, like you're limited to 10. So, okay. So you talked about having that, like, this is on the admin side. So this isn't something that as a member of your group or as a regular member of your group, I don't have to worry about having this functionality available to me, right? Like it's only available to the admins or is there a setting that you have to opt in or opt out of to make sure that only admins have access to this? As of right now, their intention is only to ever roll it out to admins. I'm in the Facebook community community. So mm-hmm. I'm in the group where all the people with big Facebook groups <laughs> go. Um, and, and yeah, and, and the idea of how we're managing things that there are always a lot of questions about, you know, uh, making sure I am, I'm like, it's hard enough to be able to manage things. So we are concerned about making sure we have a really vibrant, engaged, diverse conversations, interesting things, while also being within the parameters of what we want the conversations to be. Um, I think they're keeping that in mind. So yeah, as of right now, the Q&A would only be for the admins. Now, the great part is though, is I'm, I'm actually really excited about a lot of this functionality for your paid group. So if you like, we have our nurture convert membership and we have a paid Facebook space in there, that can be a really exciting space for these Q and A's, you know? And so if you're, you're like me and you know, it's funny, I'm on video all the time, but I, I am not very good about going live, like going live once a week is about all I can handle <laughs> with all the other things I do. But this Q and A gives a whole new ability because what it does is it visually stands out. Right. So yes, you can have other things, but we find that when you post something and you put a branded picture, right, of you, it doesn't get as much as something that feels more organic, mm-hmm. feels more real. So I feel like these Q and A's are going to give people that opportunity. It's going to be great in your paid space to mm-hmm. be able to offer that up and have that feel more custom, feel more engaging um, for your paid members but in a way that's really just, you know, using some new functionality to make it look cooler. But I think, I think that'll actually up the sort of the excitement your members have in your space, which is pretty cool. And in that way, I wouldn't mind props. Like in my Mm. space, I wouldn't mind if somebody said, Hey, I'm in the nurture convert and I'm a parenting expert. Like you ask me any of your questions and and I'm way more lenient in the paid space Mm -hmm. for people to review each other's content, share their expertise, talk about when they're launching something. And so I'm actually excited for these things in, in those paid spaces. I think there's a lot more opportunity, um, to really make people never want to leave you, uh, mm-hmm. to make it more of an affinity kind of program because of some of this stuff. Yeah. The, the, the bigger groups are, it's yet to be seen, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to note to our audience when, when Dan is talking about the Facebook community community, they have a community summit where they have a conference about once a year. It's once a year, right, Dana? Like, I, I know that this year it was virtual where they invite the people who are really 
making dynamic groups as as they, they tell them about their new tools, they tell them about the new features. And so it is a very specialized group of people that are like, it's a community of communities. <laughs> right. well, and actually, well, the one that I was posting before is a year round. So mm-hmm. um, they created it back in June and they have this, well, I don't know if they created it, but they started promoting it back in June and reached out and invited, you know, invited a series. So I, I'd have to look at how many of us are in there, maybe a couple thousand that are the large group leaders. And yeah, and it's, so we're in there all the time. Um, I'm constantly, everybody's constantly asking questions and helping each other go, how would I deal with this situation? Or does anybody, I used to have this feature, where did it go? Right, right. Um, and there's yeah. some really cool things they're actually doing. Like they've done, I, I know we're going to talk about that, that next, but there's some admin management tools that I have been very impressed just even over the last year or two with helping people who have groups manage them better, making, making our lives as people who run groups easier. Because I think you, you noticed, you know, there was a stint there a couple years ago where really large groups were just shutting down from just sheer exhaustion. And I think Facebook realized, okay, we got to actually carry. I mean, they didn't even talk about it in what they released, but they finally actually released the ability for you to download analytics. I can now get a Excel file of my top contributors in the wow. group with their name and their contribution. I can download all of the like visual analytics. It now downloads for me. I can look at a whole year of content instead of just 28 days of where my growth is happening. And there's some cool things like that that are allowing me to understand my group better and go, Oh, well, where was this? Why did this happen? Or, right. you know, and to see not just across a month, but to see across the year, I was looking into this last night before we came on to really see like uh, consistently in a group, 6 a.m., 12 p.m., 6 p.m., most popular times across the board, across the week. Now that shifts a tiny bit, but basically that's it. Like if you guys want to post, you want to get engagement, 6 a.m., 12 p.m., 6 p.m. Just over an entire year span, that trend is consistent. So I can start looking at trends, not just monthly, but in a longer span of time and then download that information. Like that's new and that's really cool. Um, And Mm -hmm. about that. So that's uh, awesome. Just real quick, uh, Dan, Danica asked this, where are you getting these updated analytics? Are they just rolling out to you right now to test because you're a part of the kind of the beta group? Or is that something that you can go back and see that entire year of right now? You know, that's a good, that's a good question. I would love to hear if people are busy. So in your, um, when you're in either on your, uh, on your phone, it's not, it might not give you the, the download. So on your desktop, it now has a new kind of look, which is mm-hmm. cool. It, it takes a minute to get used to it, but right. you've got kind of on the sidebar on the, as a, on the left instead of the way they had it before it's in your insights. So whether you are in your phone, it's going to be the little icon that looks like some tools and you're going to go there and you're going to be able to see your groups, you know, your rules or all those things. And you'll be able to see insights and insights are going to show you your trends. How many people are you letting in? Are you kicking out? How many people are, you know, what, like, what's the the top engagement? How mm-hmm. many, I just looked and over the last month, we still consistently, um, and this has been consistent for several, for years, we, we have 74% of our audience consistently uh, engaging every single month out of 50, wow. 50 just shy, 52 people, 52,000 people, right? So those, it's, it's just called your insights. And those, and if you're on the browser, on the, as you're going through this, you can sit now set custom mm-hmm. uh, date ranges if you want. And on the right hand side on the top, it shows you the ability to download those analytics, just which has never been there before. 
Awesome. Thank you That's for clarif- cool. yeah, clarifying that. So let's dive into some more of this news, uh, especially this integrate, the integration of Facebook brand collab manager with groups. So one of the things I, I think this topic is kind of confusing for people who aren't really into uh, the, the brand collabs. Can you explain what brand collabs are? And is it more for like a legal disclosure point of view, like you have to do it if you're, you know, branded content, or is it a way to actual create actual partnerships and how that works with groups? Oops. Yes. So I think it's confusing for everybody. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so if you feel like it doesn't make sense and I actually went in last night and I was, I was looking at, and I, I applied to be an advertiser mm. just, just out of the sheer curiosity of what does it do? So I could try and be as informed for everybody here. Right, as right, possible, right. right. So if you want to, so, so one, it's just like Instagram. Uh, from a from a personal standpoint, you have to have ten thousand follows on your Facebook page in order to qualify. Gotcha. Hmm. So if you are saying I want like you want to come into the Boss Moms group and you want to if if I allowed it right, right. and I want to be able to advertise in that group, you have to have a certain size mm-hmm. right. And then and just from an individual standpoint, you can also do the brand collabs on pages right. So there's so. What it does is you, you know, you have to be a certain size. And, it, and I believe I was, I was trying to find exactly what that meant from a group standpoint. And right. it seemed to imply that you had to have 15,000 reactions over mm. a period of a month, I think. And so, and that's not necessarily just to give you guys an idea. We have, I think, 200,000 reactions gotcha. each month in our group. So it's, it's not like that's an insane amount. Now, they're vague about that. So so it's not quite clear, but there are times, you know, what, where you, it'll tell you whether you qualify. So it's not quite an anybody can do it. So keep that in mind. But basically, when I went into as an advertiser to kind of see what this looks like, it really is a connection tool. So what it did is it brought up for me the ability to search keywords, search Mm. key things, and then it gave me a set of influencers who are who are within that space. And then when I looked and clicked and found somebody I, I liked it popped up and I, it, it will actually like allow me to connect with them, like spend them a, send them a special message that says from the brand collabs, you know, Dan and stuff of boss mom wants to connect with you about a potential opportunity and you can create like offers and opportunity like campaigns within the uh, brand collabs that says, this is what I want. I have a sale happening and I want to find people to do that. So basically from, I haven't had anybody reach out to me about this and I, I don't know if we're all on it, like it's kind of vague whether or not like you can submit, but you also have to kind of qualify. So I'm not sure they've worked out all the details really from a group perspective of how this will work. Because normally if somebody wants to sponsor something, they just message me. They're like, right. we want, we right. want to sponsor right. your thing. Yeah. You know, but in this case, I think what it does is a good example of how this is probably going to work in the future is there's a company called Advertise Cast. Um, we used them several years back and it's for podcasting. So what you can do is you can go out and find podcasts and then pay money, you know, to have sponsorships or ad space basically right. in those podcasts. Or you can be like me where I was on and people could then submit to be, you know, so we got Honest Co and RX Bar, really great right. sponsorship and get paid for those, you know, for those spots. Um, I think it's going to work a lot like that, right? So if you are really wanting to go, okay, it's not just Facebook ads that I want to do. It's not just ads. I want to actually go in and do sponsored content. I think that's really what it's going to be is going, I want to target mom groups. And so I have a product or a offering I want to put together and I'm going to pay to be able to be in those groups and have sponsored content. I think what Facebook is probably doing is they haven't quite let you 
target Facebook groups yet. Like they haven't really allowed Facebook ads and, and, and Facebook groups to merge in mm-hmm. any kind of way. Um, in fact, when you do a Facebook ad, they won't even allow you to do an ad to try and get people into your Facebook group. You have to finagle it by having a messenger bot in order to like make that work. And so I think this is their first step to try to uh, open up monetization opportunities within groups. And so there's two sides of this, of course, you know, you touched on some of it with the brand or the advertiser and how they're supposed to approach. Right. But speaking Mm -hmm. for brands and and marketers that are interested in trying these kind of collaborations, whether it's through the brands collabs tool or on their own, do you have any advice for how they should proceed in in terms of finding a group that works for their brand? Because like you said, I mean, these large groups, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of moderation needed. And so it, it may seem a little intimidating to try to like attach a brand to a group when you don't really know 100% of everything that's going on there, or maybe you can. And then, you know, and then once you're in there, how do you engage that isn't spammy or <laughs> turning off people, I guess? Yeah, yeah, no, I love this question because, and, and I did a live about this in, the, in, in my group recently that just said, look, if you want engagement, if you want connection, then we have to bring humanity into what you're doing. You're dealing with human beings, right? A lot of us, what we deal with is we get into a group or wherever we are and we start thinking, I've got to post on social media. I've got to plan out my posts for the month. I've got to do all these things. And it becomes very logistical, very cold, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we're a bunch of people, right? (laughs) That are on there dealing with a bunch of things. And so bringing the humanity back. So the way that plays into what the question you asked is that this is about networking, right? Collaborations are about networking. They're about building relationships. Relationships are about relating. So do not message somebody and say, Hey, you know, I want to sponsor your post. You have no idea who I am and you've never seen me in existence, but I want to do this thing because when that happens to me, I get too many of them to give it space. But if it's somebody that I know or recognize, right? So how does that happen? How does somebody become known or recognized to me if I'm really busy and I have a big group? They join my group and they engage in my group, right? right? And a really easy way to do that is one, you, you know, go into Facebook and use it like keywords, or you can even go into Google and look for top mom entrepreneur Facebook groups, right? I've been, you know, featured in a crap ton of roundups that'll tell you our group is one of the best boss, you know, mom entrepreneur groups. Look for, you know, the best cyclist groups, the best, you know, product, you know, groups, best whatever it is. There's a lot of times Google will tell you the blogs that people have done to round up the top groups. So those are, that's, and Google's better than Facebook. I mean, the Facebook search in is you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, So you can find those roundups, find those, go into those groups. I say, go into 10 groups that you think are great. And there is a two week process. So the first week you just go in and you use the the search function. You search for keywords that you think, which is why someone asked about the hashtag. I know we're going to talk about that soon. That's where this can start to help. They're, they're leaning, like I said, bringing Instagram into Facebook is what it looks like they're doing. They're bringing more of the hashtag search function in, but you can search for your keywords. If you're looking for, you know, kids with ADHD, cause you help, you know, things or, or topics about, uh, you know, postpartum or topic topics about building, you know, using Canva, whatever it is, you put your keywords in, you find only the posts that deal with those questions. And then you answer only those posts. So you're really engaging so that people can start to recognize you as knowing something, not just being someone who engages, but engages on a particular topic. Then in the second week, you post three to four 
key market research questions that you want to understand your audience better, which are very engaging questions. They can be decision support. You know, how do you feel about this? What would you do about this? What should I do about this? Which one would you pick? Like those kinds of questions. And at the end of the two weeks, you pick the top two or three groups that have the most engagement that resonate with you, that have most of your ideal client. And you've spent those two weeks getting a little bit known to take those two to three groups that you like. And you spend another two weeks engaging in that same way. Keyword searching, becoming a little bit of micro famous on that particular topic and posting really good questions. After that 30 days, now you are allowed to message the admin and talk to them about potentially sponsoring something. And then before that, it is not a warm lead. It is not a warm connection. And that's (laughs) And that's just important that's a, to know that it's it's a networking thing. We're human beings. So if somebody doesn't right. know who the heck you are, they are way more likely to care a heck of a lot less. Right. That's <laughs> that a is, you, great You have given point. us a solid plan, though. So yes. if brands, if you're listening, go back. Listen to that again. She gave you a solid plan, a timeline. Mm-hmm. This is what you do there. So let's see. that. Okay. So you mentioned hashtags, right? And we kind of yeah. skipped over this because we got really excited about brand collabs. I don't blame you. They are very exciting. But let's go back to the hashtag. So they announced within, uh, within groups, you will now be able to pin a hashtag. Okay. So pin topics at the top of a group are pretty commonplace. I see them in a lot of groups, group admins tend to use them to put their rules or say what the group is about or you know just something like some key thing saying this is what we're all about right so now there's the option to do a hashtag now hashtags on Facebook are confusing we've heard that they're pushing hashtags but like I still don't know that we necessarily know how to use them and then one option that we saw as when this was first announced was this option to do like a hashtag challenge in your group so I think the option was to like I think it was a fitness group and so it was the challenge of doing like push-ups or something I, I don't know I didn't look but like <laughs> but yeah. so what are some other ways that we can so first of all let's go back and talk about how do hashtags function within a group and then how can we use this in a branded or membership group sure okay well first off not well they don't, they don't <laughs> yeah, they're a hot mess right they're like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the search function is really where you're going to, it's, it's going to pull up anything anyway. The hashtag just allows you to, just like anything else, get more specific about what it is. The challenge that you're talking about where you can basically say anything like opt-in challenge is what we do. Like, hey, let's make our opt-ins this week, something like that. I actually think the challenge function is way cooler in your paid groups, right? To run in your paid groups to be able to run hyper-focused challenges, I think that's going to be really cool. If you are going to really literally run a challenge for a very large group, we do a pop-up group instead, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We do a, let's map out our course and we do a pop-up group. You pull everybody over there. You do the, the challenge within a completely new Facebook group pops up. You get their email, you know, emails to join the group when in the rules that you create for that, like there's a, we can hold, do a whole talk about pop-up right, groups, right. But, but that methodology to me is way more succinct managing a challenge. And then, and then the challenge again, with a, a private group that you have with 5,000 people even, right? Is if you start a challenge, everybody else starts challenges. And we've seen even where someone has tried to do an Instagram follow challenge and it, we had to delete 80 posts. Wow. Because we don't allow follows. If, if our, and, uh, we, and we got complaints. Your feed is just dying, right? Like your feed, all I see is follow me on Instagram. Let's follow each other on Instagram. Right. 80 posts in one day. Uh-huh. I am not using the challenge feature and we do not let people use the challenge because it does, <laughs> you know, in a business group, you got to be careful because once somebody jumps on the bed, it's a challenge. <laughs> You're just challenged. Right. Yep. So I say in the paid space, those are good. Now, 
you mentioned the pin post. I have very a very specific belief about the way you should pin it, and it's not the way people are using it now. Do not put your welcome message at the top. Unless it's like the first week or the first month that you've opened the group, I guess. But after that, don't use that space for that. You are wasting valuable real estate by doing that. So what I suggest is that everybody creates units, you know, for their group. And units have been around for a while. People don't use them as much, but you could technically make a Facebook group its own course if you wanted to. But the way we use it is we have a welcome unit. The welcome unit gives my welcome message right? And then it gives how to use this group. Here's how to post. Here's how to comment. Here's what to do. Here's what's not what to do. So instead of them just reading the rules, I have a video talking about, this is why we don't allow you to do prompt posts. Mm-hmm. This is why we allow you don't, to not, do, or we don't allow you to do teaching posts. And we ask you to ask questions instead. Like this is, this is why we do what we do. So it humanizes our rules, right? right? So they don't just seem like weird or mean rules that we have. Like we have them for a reason. What we do then is when people get welcomed or into the group, you there's a little button that says, do you want to welcome all your new members? They have to be careful because it's either like 50 or 100. I haven't, I haven't done this for myself because I have somebody who does it for me in a while, but somewhere around 50 or, or 100 is where it cuts off. Right. So you want to make sure like we have to do it daily. We have to do a daily welcome message for people because mm-hmm. we have so many people coming in, but maybe you do it weekly and you welcome the people. We have a like a templated message that says this is like, welcome. We're so excited. The best, the way to get at, you know, the most out of this group is to go here and you can link into the units, right? This says go watch the welcome content. Um, it'll show you exactly how to use this group and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, and it works beautifully. Everybody who's new comments on there because it puts all of their names right. auto uh, added for you. So then you're sending people to the welcome and you're sending them to the units. And then we also have a unit for our free resources. And then we also have a unit for our paid resources. And then we also have a unit for things we recommend, which is our affiliate resources, right? right? So I'm also pushing people through content where they are going to go through and potentially get buy things from me or buy things from people that I'm an affiliate with. And so that works really, really well. So that way it frees up your pin space for your lives. This or your announcements. That's what I, so for me, I, we have announcements. Do not use, you do not need to use announcements as if it's a thing where you've only got four or five announcements. We have 70 or 80 announcements and the pinned one is my latest live or like the latest I'm in a summit. Make sure you guys go and sign up for the summit and we pin that, right? So, so the pin is constantly changing. Now here's the thing most people don't realize about the pin post, which is the brilliant part of why your announcements should just build on over time. Maybe you delete really old ones, but builds over time is because once they've seen whatever the announcement is, it shows them the next announcement and next announcement. So when they log in, they're not just seeing that pinned post, they're seeing the next announcement and the next announcement and the next announcement. So what it does is you actually get people that can start viewing older content for you that can get you potential new clients or whatever it is you're trying to do. And if, and if you're using that in the right way, then that you want that pinned content to change. You don't want it to be your welcome. You're welcome. And I think to me that works even, you know, if, if we're going to pin hashtags, I have to really understand how I think it would work because to me, then what I'm doing is I'm pinning a series of posts and I would rather have those in my units mm-hmm. and direct people to the units and have something that's more succinct and planned than to have something that's random. But Right now, if I'm in a summit, it may be really good to pin a hashtag where we're all talking about money because it's a summit about moms talking about money. And that might be really useful. So I think you guys want to be careful about how you use them willy-nilly and make sure you're using the announcements to really drive people to the things you want them to buy from you. <laughs> so that's to guess. 
So I want to I want to pull up a comment. This is by Pecky because y- you are resonating with people. She says so we'll have to rewatch this about four times. So lots okay. of great information. Okay. Uh, but this is this ties into my next question, and this is from Mickey. He uh, the, they say um, what are the benefits of Facebook groups? I've been in some and they weren't worth it. And I I want to turn that around a little bit and ask you what groups would you recommend to uh, the marketers watching in our audience? Of course, your group. But um, is there some that you really like to look at? for like best practices or to follow because they're really doing it right? Oh, such a great question. I'm sorry, I put you on the spot. There's but not I- many. No, I don't know if I know the exact name. The Copywriters Club. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name of okay. the group. They do good. They do really well, actually. I think they, the one thing that they have a challenge with is, like I said before, there's, there's groups that uh, don't manage it in the right kind of way. And therefore, it's confusing as to who the leader is. And, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Gotcha. So, so let me, let me do a quick breakdown of what a good group looks like. And, and if you guys were starting groups, which I, if you have a business, I recommend you, you know, unless you have a business, but you're like, I don't like talking to people and I really just don't know. And, and that's <laughs> right. some people, right. there, are, there are introverts that are like, I don't want to have conversations. I just want to put my systems together. I want people to buy it. And right. then I want to like, you know, never be online. Um, but for most of you, if you want some sense of community and community is where loyalty happens, you have a group. So there's a couple of things. Number one, they have bad rules. And by bad rules, I mean, they don't have rules, mm. right? So they did a study where they had a, a dog and its owner out in a field, right? The dog didn't have a leash on. There was no fence around the field. The dogs stayed next to their owners. They didn't leave their owner's side. Another situation, dogs come in with their owners. There is a fence around a very large field. Dogs roamed free. Right. right. The idea is the there's a book called Predictable Irrationality, and it talks about how predictably irrational we all are <laughs> as humans. And, and it's a brilliant book. If you have if you guys have it, I listen to it because it's really study heavy. But the guy who wrote it is just it's a brilliant book. And what we have to understand is that it's just like having kids. Freedom is is in the boundaries. Right. Mm-hmm. You guys have to give really good boundaries because when somebody feels like they understand what the rules are and they and they're protected in that space and they have freedom to engage, they feel good about being in that space and they know that if something happens you will protect them when that happens. So the uh, Mickey the group is boss moms is our is our group. So that that one's really like that's really really important. So most people what they do is they just take the four or five you know, uh, no bullying, no, whatever, you know, no, no promo or spam, uh, what, uh, what that kind of thing. We have a very specific set of rules that we suggest you keep because that will actually create a more engaged group. And that, and those boundaries will also help ensure that you don't have people taking over or you don't like that, like have something where there's 80 people just asking for social shares and then the group becomes meaningless. Right. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I think everybody needs in a group is most people that go into groups, they think that what their job is, is to teach. And that is not what your job as a group owner is. Your job as a group owner is to facilitate. And there's a big difference. And what happens is because we own businesses and we train on our podcasts and we train on our YouTube channels, and we train on our blog and we train on our lives that we go, Oh my, well, I need to come in here and I need to lead and I need to teach lead by teaching. Don't do that. We generally say you only get to teach twice a month. You get to do a live every uh, once a week. Every other week is training. So you do two trainings a month and the other two are about creating permission and belonging. So Seth Godin says, people like us do things like this, right? You have to, Mm -hmm. and I I like to say the phrase that like, you're not crazy, you're brave when, 
right? So it's like, you're not crazy when you want to run that marathon for the fifth time. You're brave for doing something you're passionate about. I think marathon runners are crazy, but that is just my person. <laughs> I joke that like, when I want to exercise, I lay down until it passes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? right. I don't want to run long distances, but there's so many people that do. So go to the, like, you want to let people know you're not crazy or brave when you work at home, but you send your kids to school. Right. Because we're work at home moms and that's what we want to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. So you got to create the sense of belonging. And so you train less and you facilitate more, which means the the final thing that people don't do is you create a think tank in your group for questions. You teach people how to ask good questions. Mm. So I was a broadcast journalism major. Journalism is all about questions. I, you know, have did question based selling all about questions. I then did have a certification at appreciative inquiry all about questions. Our, our groups, the quality of our groups and the quality of life and the world in general is based on the quality of our questions, Oh yeah, right? So you guys have to start looking and we have different categories. There is, uh, you know, decision support. So help let, allow people to help you. And then members will start following your lead, ask questions about your, uh, what you should do in your business, right? Hey, I'm about to launch a podcast or YouTube channel. It creates buzz for you as well. What should my cover look like? What should my title be? What should my next topic of the training be? What should like all those things? Opinions are, hey, what's your favorite podcast? Like what's your favorite Facebook group? What's your favorite whatever? You know, where we're sharing, where you say, hey, everybody who has a podcast, share it, right? So you're facilitating good engagement with good questions. And what people do is they start to follow your lead. So what most people do is they go, I'm the only one posting and nobody's posting in there, right? Or all the posts are crappy because everybody's just doing motivational quotes or trying to teach. And that's because you're probably doing teaching too. You're probably going in and saying, let me tell you about this hero to, you know, this uh, hero's journey I went on where life is hard and this got easier and, and isn't that great. And nobody knows what to do with that. But if you ask really good questions, right, then all of a sudden people go, oh, this is a place to ask questions. I'm going to ask those questions. And if you have a group that's not necessarily for business, a good way to think of it is are things you can't live without. What's the best thing? So like if you're dealing with women and, you know, and beauty, then you're going to say, what's the one thing in your purse you can't live without? Right. Like what's the one thing when you leave, like what, that, that makes you feel 10 years younger? What's one thing happening to your body that you should have? <laughs> right? Okay. Well, so just, we gotta, we gotta go to the next. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I, have, I have a group. I know a group of women that are over 40, you know what I mean? And so, so there's, that's the idea is this is good groups are based on the rules. They're based on the permissions. They're actually facilitated and they ask really great questions and they, and they facilitate good questions as opposed to more training. Gotcha. So, so we have more groups news. There's one more news story we wanted to talk to you about, and it is Facebook announced that they will now surface public group posts. So let me, let me emphasize that. So these are just, these are posts from groups that are marked as public, not private, and mm-hmm. they're going to start appearing within the Facebook app, within the newsfeed and the groups tab, which means that it'll start, these topics will start surfacing. So whether you're in the group or not, you might possibly see these. So, and people will also be able to join these public groups without having to wait for approval. And this sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> Tell me, Tell me, what are your thoughts on whether or not, you know, you as a business, because we're going to focus on business and marketers here, like what would be the benefit of having your group be public versus private? And then with that, there's all the security and all the controls, right? So what are our options here and what does this look like to you? (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't recommend having a public group. Public group is like the wild, wild west. You don't get to, I mean, just so you know, I took a look and we rejected 49% of the people that asked to join our group every month because they are spammers. They're, you know, guys that don't make any sense for our group, right? And we let about three to 4%, like if a guy wants to get into our group and he's like, hey, my wife and I just started a business, you know, and we're doing this thing. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely come in. So we, so it's not like we're a women's only group, but yeah, we, we, there are just a lot of people online that, that do not have good intentions. Right. Public group would be like never meeting the people your daughter dates. Yeah. That just sounds like a horrible idea because right. there's no way your daughter is going to be making good decisions all the time. Right. So I, I think the public group thing, that doesn't make sense to me. What I would love for Facebook to do, which I am voicing my opinion on. So maybe, maybe somewhere, I don't know that I have any clout, but maybe if I, if right. I like right. poke there in the right way, what I would love for them to do is, you know how, like if you're in teachable or thinkific and you have a course mm-hmm. and you can make one module visible, that they could look at and view to get oh, excited yeah, about yeah. you. I would love it within Facebook groups. If I could choose posts that were really popular and really great and be able to like request permission from the person who posts to make it previewable so that people could preview some content from a private group to entice them to enter that group. That to me would be really useful. And it would be something that would be relatively easy to implement. You'd just be able to tag, you know, so I, I'm asking them to do something like that because I have no use for public groups. That is, they are huge. They're unwieldy. Um, they don't really do a lot. For instance, I have a lot of people that publish books and you go into like the free ones and you can just see it's just person after person after person. There's no engagement. There's no nothing. And then, and you, there's just no way to manage things. So I don't have much use for it, but I'm really hoping they will, they, I, like, I get the, I get the idea. I love mm-hmm. the idea of us scrolling through our feed and being presented with a conversation. I mean, that's why boosted posts work, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're posting mm-hmm. and it feels organic. It doesn't feel like an ad. We could get a lot of really great visibility for some really valuable groups. I mean, right. think about groups for moms with kids with autism, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going in and now all of a sudden you are doing some search for autism, but you don't know a lot about Facebook groups and it presents this to you. But Nobody's going to do a public group for a, you know something right. with kids with autism. Well, they want to have a private no. space. Well, this is Absolutely. a question from uh, Bruce over on LinkedIn. He goes, uh, technically, because he's talking about a, a new group, it, it makes sense if a public group would get faster growth trajectory when you're first starting. So even if you're first starting to get people in, you're saying that the quality of people that you're getting in aren't going to be good for the long run is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, because the Facebook algorithm will, the, the whole point of the way we tell people to build it is Facebook, 80% of the people that join our group. Um, and we get somewhere between 60 to 80 people a day right. joining. Right, So we're asking to join. 80% of those are organically presented to us by Facebook. Facebook recommended us as a group in their feed, in their sidebar, in their whatever. And that person said, oh, I want to join that group, right? So if you're a highly engaged group, Facebook will market for you. Right. But what it does is the algorithm invites it to more of the people that are engaging in your group. So if you have a group that is is public and it's growing fast, but it's not engaged, that doesn't help you. If you have a group that is growing small, but it's highly engaged and it's your exact ideal client, it's going to invite more of your ideal client. And I would rather you grow slower with the right people than grow fast. And believe me, it's just a headache to have the wrong people in there. There's 
mean meanness or they're like in like messaging people you know without asking which is a big you know no no and we get big mm-hmm. complaints about that when that happens there's you know just all sorts of things that can that can go wrong and it becomes a headache to manage so a public group sounds good but if you're having a business then it really the public groups really don't help you it's been and, and all you need is about 100 people in your group using the like an engaged methodology with the way you ask questions to get the engine going. And then I recommend on top of that, you go out and get featured. You go out and get on people's podcasts mm-hmm. and talk about your Facebook group. And that's how we grew Boss Mom. I, awesome. I just went and I got featured once to twice a week, every single week for the last six years. And, and then had highly engaged community where we gave great permission, had good boundaries, asked great questions in the group. And we have 50,000 members now and we are growing, you know, Crazy. exponentially. Yeah. So. so let's go back. What do you think? And I know because you're in the Facebook community for the, of those big groups that you mentioned before, the community community. Why do you think Facebook is doing this? What is there in, because it's, you know, they talk about not having enough uh, space in the feed be, and to have ads and all this. And this seems like it's going to be another thing to take up space in the feed. Why, what, what are your thoughts behind why they are even doing this? To help uh, create diversity of, okay. of opinion of thought. Um, so the idea is that they will be able to show you conversations that are more diverse conversations and potentially get you into more diverse situations, more inclusive situations. Mm-hmm. So that is their goal. That's what they've announced is their goal, at least. And what that means is it may mean that the way they do it, that the algorithm is different. It may mean that it doesn't, they're not going to try and push those things on people who have similar interests. Maybe they're going to try to diversify your view, like be able, because I, I had this complaint back in June. I said, look, we, we looked and 80, you know, like 80% of the people that you are of the 80% of people that come in, like that they're from you, you're sending us all the same person. They all look exactly the same right, right. <laughs> because in the algorithm, those are the people that are engaging. So if, if you're the one sending us people, you guys might want to think about diversifying who you send it to, because you're only presenting us to the same people over and over again, which is great. But but you're not sending them to to us for the right for the right reasons, right? right? There's right. a nice diversity of people that still need their moms that still need to grow their business, and you're obviously not presenting us to them. And so they've actually done some work on that. Uh, we've noticed the difference of, of Facebook changing something in their algorithm that is now presenting a more diverse group of people into our group organically. Um, and I think that's the idea is that the algorithm kind of didn't work in the, in the favor of any kind of diversity because if you had the same interests, had the same things, then it wanted to show you more of those people. And they're realizing that's not, that's not always the best thing. We want to be able to create opportunities to see different viewpoints and then go and explore those different viewpoints. So that is, that is their intention with the public groups. I think the private groups, people join private groups because they feel safe. It's like Mm. going and getting a free sample of something in a public group, but you don't take it seriously. You don't take that free thing seriously. People take paid things seriously. They take private things seriously. So, you know, and and there's so many groups where the topic, it just needs walls. It needs, it needs some privacy. And I think if they can open up that opportunity from a private group perspective, then I think they'll be able to get what they want. I think public is just the easier place to start. Um, But within the group, we're all also voicing our thoughts about like, Hey, we'd love for this to go in this direction. And hopefully if enough of us say that we'll, Right. We'll get them to move that way. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you because I uh, take the samples at Baskin Robbins pretty darn seriously. <laughs> so 
going to have to disagree with you on that one. So last question I want to ask you, because we're, you know, we got all some great conversation going on right now about groups. This has been just a mastermind on groups. So uh, can you give the people uh, watching and listening to the podcast some, uh, some advice and maybe some tips for moderating their own groups? Because I know I've been in some, I've run some and moderation can be, I mean, you talked about units and how that can help, but oh my gosh, sometimes it's just like, I want to pull my teeth when I'm trying to find a comment or all sorts of things, but can you help us a little bit with moderating our own groups? Yes, I'm glad you asked that because the one thing we hadn't talked about about updates is the admin assist. Right. So the admin assist is not rolled out for pretty much most most people. Right. It's coming out in the coming months. However, what should already exist for everybody, most people, you'd mm-hmm. have to tell me because I don't. I'm not in all the small groups, but it is in our paid group, which is you know not not the not fifty thousand. Right, right. So right now you can go in to your little tools, you know, button and you can go in and you can look at, uh, I think it might be called moderation and you've got two things. You've got keywords and you've got engagement. Okay. So what you can do is you can set your keyword or your, let me start with engagement. You can set an engagement to say, so these are the rules that we have. If somebody has more than 10 angry, you know, uh, engagements, right tag me. Right. Because that's a good indicator that somebody's doing something that people don't like. Right. Right. Um, and that's a good one for me. So I'm like, okay, tell me if somebody, if we've got a more than 10 people that are pissed off, right. Right. And then we do, okay. So, so from there, then I say, well, I also want to know if somebody's really loving it. So if we have more than 50 and this may be different for you because ours is a bigger group, but we have more more than 50 people that love something. I want to see that too, because I want to make sure I'm engaging in that if somebody has a really heartfelt story or something going on, right? And then from a comment perspective, if I see something, I want to know something that has over 200 comments because one, sometimes that can mean that it's a big violation. They're doing some kind of promo, some kind of follow that that violates our rules or it's something that's highly engaged and I want to see what kinds of things in my group are getting highly engaged. So I get notified. So for me, the engagement ones are really great. They really help me spot check my group, right? Mm -hmm. On the paid side, I love it because I can also do those same things. And for the keywords, keywords in really large groups are just a pain in the butt because unless it is a super hyper-function keyword, it's hard. So the only words I recommend you doing in the keywords are the like violent bullying words. So we have the word hate. We have some cuss words. We have a couple things like that, where if somebody says this word in their post, we get notified. Now the mm-hmm. admin assist is going to really up that game. We're mm-hmm. going to be able to say, when you come in, there's three days when you come in where you're not allowed to post. So the people that come in and just post some promo right off the bat, and then we have to kick them out. They won't have that space, right? There's, if, it, if you violated one of our rules and we've deleted content to you more from four to five times, it actually puts you on a hold and you can't post which actually you can technically do that. Now you can put people on, on like a, like a timeout. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, we don't use those very often, but so those, those are some cool things you'll be able to do, but the keywords in your public groups are really hard. Just use them for the bad words. The keywords in your paid groups though, they're so right. good. Because what you do is you can have keywords really specific to the kind of questions you want to make sure you answer in your group, because in your paid groups, when they start to get bigger, you can't be there all day. Right. But you have these keywords for some very specific phrasing 
And then that way it just, all you have to do is instead of going into the group, you just go into the keyword moderation and you can go into those ones there and then just, and just tag them off as keep them, keep them, keep them. But you can see in a smaller list, it sort of like triages for you. And those can be really cool in your paid spaces. The one big thing I will say about moderation is, and this is a big debate amongst people who have groups, big or small, and that is whether or not you approve posts or you just allow posts. Mm. And I am a big proponent of just allowing posts. I do not run a dictatorship, right? And I don't want to say that the only way that your post will show up in our feed is if it is approved by us. What that does is a couple things. One, it lags in time, which means people are all about instant gratification. If they post, but it has to be approved, even if it takes you an hour to approve it, you're not going to be 24 hours a day in your group. So if it takes a day, their excitement about that question, they've asked in five other groups, you're going to lose, lose it. Right. Right. So what people do is they try and say, I've got to moderate, make sure I'm moderating by only by approving posts. And then you get exhausted because you're approving everything. Right. Mm -hmm. I would rather if you have good boundaries, right, you will teach people how to act in your group. And then other people in your group that love you will flag things, which happens right. for us mm-hmm. that aren't good because they're protecting you. And you'll get your, like the five or six people in your group that are always the flaggers. They're the people that are like, I'm going to keep this group. Right. safe, <laughs> And they're great. And we, and we love that. And so I say, let them post create good boundaries and your life will be easier. Cause when you get to our size, we get anywhere. I was checking this last night on average, we get somewhere between 3,500 and 5,000 posts a month. Wow. Yeah. We get somewhere between 63 and 178 posts a day. Wow. You can't, you can't moderate that. Right. So good boundaries take the load off. I think. Wow. Well, this has been a masterclass, like I said before, of groups. This is one we've already had people say, I've got to watch this again. So, uh, Dana, this has been amazing. But we want to give uh, you a chance to tell people where they can find you, your podcast, all that stuff. So where is the best place where people can find you? Yeah, yeah. So boss.mom.com is our main site. Um, that'll bring you to the Boss Mom podcast. That will bring you to all the all the things. We're actually launching our Nurture Convert Show YouTube channel next Friday, which I'm super pumped about. It's like three years in the me saying I'm going to do it and not doing it. So uh, very, very exciting. And then we have our uh, nurturetoconvert.com is where our membership is, where we teach everybody how to, you know, start a Facebook group and how to uh, build authority online. And basically the idea is if everybody wants to understand how I work, I uh, don't want to work. I, <laughs> I, like I like my free time. Generally my Tuesdays and Thursdays, one is a content day. One is a deep thought day. Like I create a whole space for me to mull internally upon my desires and my life and my what's working and what's not working. And that space for everybody that has a business is more important than filling it with stuff. So, so we, we try to help you, especially cause mom with moms, your kids are a hot mess half the time, just like you're a hot mess half the time. So the idea is let's all create business where you only work 15 hours a week, right? We're actually doing the work because the rest of the time you're planning, you're hoping, you're building, you're all of those things for the future that you want. You're way more likely to get there if you're not spending all your time in the weeds. Awesome. Awesome. So go check that out. But uh, I wanted to say one thing. This is kind of a special day. Before we end the show this week, we are actually celebrating 11 years of social media examiner. So happy 11th birthday to us. Can I share something, by the way, that I think about you guys? Yeah, that'd be great. 
So four years ago, you were here in San Diego with me. Four years ago, this is for everybody too about how networking and everything works. Four years ago, I went downtown to a party because um, I couldn't afford a ticket to actual social media right, right. marketing world, right? So I went down to a party and was networking and my goal was to talk with Pat Flynn and to get on his podcast, right? <laughs> and so I had a whole plan. I had a whole strategy. He was my only goal for that entire night. And I ended up having a conversation with him and I got on his podcast, right? So from there, from him, I met somebody who became my personal trainer, who's also a personal trainer to other people like John Lee Dumas and Andy Porterfield and those kinds of things. Right. And I invested in him because he wasn't a personal trainer for entrepreneurs. And I knew that would be also be a good network. Right. He had a little tiny. So the next year I didn't get to go to social media marketing world either. And he had a little uh, thing afterwards and we all met and hung out. And there I met Rich Brooks and Rich Brooks and I were both going through a divorce at the same time. He got me on his podcast Right. And which is the agents of change. And my, Michael Selsner heard me on his podcast and said, I love that episode. Introduce me to Dana. He then interviewed me on the social media marketer podcast. And after that invited me to speak. So I just finished my second, the first year I was on a panel. Then I was a speaker then, and I was a speaker then this year, mm-hmm. um, this past year. And then you guys brought me into your group. I've been on the show multiple times. So just so you guys know, strategic networking plans to make connections and, and follow through with becoming connected and becoming friends and being a valuable asset to the people in these communities really does pay off. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great endorsement. Thank you so much for that. But I, I, yeah, so the networking thing is amazing. So thank you guys. I want to give all the shout outs to everybody with the comments today. We wouldn't do this and be able to do this without you guys and, and your shares and your comments and helping us along. But we also want to acknowledge on this special day, our staff, our hundreds of writers that we have, our amazing guest experts like we had with Dana today, our speaker friends, and of course you, our audience who make everything we do possible. We don't take this uh, responsibility lightly. We, we try to put the best show together we uh, we can every week. Uh, and so we're really committed to uh, continuing to provide this exceptional, valuable content for you guys for years to come. So thank you guys so much. Thank you for being part of our community. And if you want to get more of us, uh, subscribe to our podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We have a new episode, this one exactly, posting every Saturday. Our next show is next Friday, October 16th. It's 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And you can find it on Facebook, LinkedIn, on YouTube, and wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you can find out where we're going to be and what we're doing on our calendar. That is at Social Media Examiner com forward slash live show. So with that, Dana, thank you so much for joining us here today. Dana, the boss mom. And thank you to our audience for joining us. And thank you, Jeff, for hanging with me in the show week <laughs> after week. Oh, you make it fun, Grace. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you next week. Bye now and stay safe. See ya. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.